Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera, co-hosting today with the one, the only, Pastor Nick Plummer. Shalom, shalom. Welcome, everyone. And we are studying the Torah portion. Listen, Deuteronomy, man, I, I mean, you like Leviticus. I like, you know, Romans and, and some other books in there, maybe the, the Gospel of John. But Deuteronomy is up there, man. I, Deuteronomy I'm, is an awesome, awesome It, it book. is, man. I really do like it. And so we are in Va'et Hanan, which is And I Pleaded. And it's Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 23, through uh, chapter 7, verse 11. A lot of famous scriptures. It's like, you know, you ever watch a movie, and it's got a bunch of one-liners on it that you can quote? This is a quote-filled set of verses here in this Torah portion, so pay attention. We have uh, the book of Deuteronomy. This is the book of remembrance. Just a little review here for those of you that are tuning in, uh, just to reiterate what we have probably in the past, in the beginning, in the opening of the uh, book of Deuteronomy and Devarim. Uh, now we're, of course, in Va'et Hanan, uh, and I pleaded. Uh, five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy. Five key words. Remember, obey, blessing, curse, covenant. Once again, this is a very powerful book. We know the book of Leviticus is broken up into two sections. Um, the way to God and the walk with God. Uh, we know the book of Numbers is broken up into three sections. Uh, in those three sections, you have, uh, of course, preparation. Uh, then you have the journeys, which is part two, uh, which takes place within 39 years. And then, of course, you have at the opening of the gate to the land, part three. So I believe that here we are at the opening to the gate of the land. And this is the Book of Remembrance. So once again, uh, this particular book of Deuteronomy has four parts, not like Leviticus or Numbers, uh, but it has four parts. Uh, we have, of course, chapters one through four is the remembrances of the past. Remembrances of the past, chapters one through four. Uh, key verses, take heed lest thou forget. Yeah, and then you have, uh, so you have Leviticus has two parts. You have Numbers has three parts. And now, boom, we're in Deuteronomy. We get four parts. Two, three, four. Very interesting. Huh. I mean, this is very relevant for all of us, everybody. Uh, remembrance of the past, chapters one through four. We go into chapter four, verse 44, all the way through chapter 26. These are the commandments for the present. Wow. We have, of course, the Ten Commandments in here. We have related commandments. Uh, once again, part two of a four-part book is commandments for the present. Uh, chapter four, verse 44, all the way through chapter 26. Uh, the third part of this four-part book is the options affecting the future. Uh, this is chapters 27 through 30, dealing with blessings and cursings. Uh just right out of the gate, there it is. Blessings and cursings, chapters 27 through 30, options affecting the future. The fourth and final part of this four-part book is the parting words of Moses. Chapters 31 through 34, and we have the uh, saying uh, in referenced in Deuteronomy, so Moses died. Uh, so once again, four parts to the book of Deuteronomy. It's a book of remembrance. Remember, these are the last words of a dying man. Very important to understand that. So let's go right into it. Uh, question number one, and va'et chanan, and I pleaded, who asked God to let him go into the land and was not allowed? Deuteronomy 3, verses 23 through 27. Moses. 
Moses, Moses. You know, it was interesting. Uh, my son Nehemiah has the opportunity to go to Israel, but I do not. Uh, this came about because they need someone to film the dances that they're going to be doing in Israel, uh, Dancing in the Land of Israel DVD. And they're going to be, uh, of course, uh, filming these beautiful dances with our dance team at Beit Tehillah with Miss Joanne Ciceri and the dance team. And, um, of course, my son is a media guru kind of guy and can be a director as far as that goes and everything. So he's going to be filming the dances, and he's going. So he says to me uh, a couple days ago, Ryan, he says, uh, you really want to go to Israel, don't you, Dad? And, uh, and I but said, But you don't know how to use the I cameras. Said, I, said, I said, Leave my room. Leave my room. So he's rubbing it in how he's going and I'm not. You know, this is like a Moses and Joshua thing. It's not, it's not a happy time. You got to have marketable skills, oh, man. Oh, I tell you. But you know what? It's so relevant. People say, Oh, the tour is not relevant. Oh, really? My son's going to the land and I'm not. Okay, whatever. Mm. Number two, where did God take him in order to see across the Jordan River? Deuteronomy 327. The top of Pisgah, which uh, is the hill, quote unquote. Is this the actual place where I believe Balaam was supposed to curse Israel through Balak? It is. It's where they set up the the altars. They set up the altars. Once again, you have a succession of leadership here. Question number three. Who was Moses instructed to encourage and take the land? Deuteronomy 3.28. Joshua. Oh, Joshua. He's from the tribe of of Ephraim. The son of Nun. He's an Ephraimite. So it's going to go from Levitical... Uh, to Ephraimite. Isn't that amazing what's happening today? This is why if you're an Ephraimite, if you're the, the, the nation's coming out, you're not Jewish, uh, you know, we need to be mature and responsible uh, with the task at hand. So Joshua is instructed to encourage and take the land. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, it's so funny. You know, so many people would just wait on Judah to bring them to the land or something. Well, I'm waiting for the Jews to bring me to the land or I'm waiting on Judah. You know, Judah's waiting on you. Judah's waiting on us to respond accordingly. So Joshua is the man. Once again, Joshua was, was in Egypt, just like we were in the world. We came out of the world. We're born again. Uh, Joshua was in the journey. He was in the, you know, the wilderness for 40 years, just like we're on the journey. But last but not least, Joshua goes into the promised land. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. We're going into the promised land. Uh, question number four, what did God command Israel not to add or to take away from Deuteronomy 4.2? I mean, I think we could hang out here for a minute. The word is is the thing that he says, which is devar in Hebrew, which means word or promise, um, you know, among other things. Uh, and then uh, this is quoted, obviously, uh, or there's a famous quote about the word. And John 1, 1 says, uh, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And obviously that word is not Hebrew. It's in Greek. It's logos. Um, and uh, there's a... There's, this is one of the, the main verses that, that we look at to say that it's, it's very easy to say Yeshua is Yahweh, Yahweh is Yeshua. They are one, Echad, right? Our, our God is one, which we're going to get into here in just a minute. Uh, but there are people out there that are in the Hebrew root circles that try to say that Yeshua is not Yahweh and that Yahweh is not Yeshua, that they are not one. And obviously we can read very easily in John 1.1 that that is not true. Um, and just to give you a little idea, they say that you know in uh, the King James Version of the Bible that that's where they capitalize the W in the word, you know, word. And that in the Greek that it's not capitalized and that it's, it's not even that word divar. Uh, in Hebrew, that it's a, a, a Greek word meaning, you know, written text um, or promise. And we know that the Logos becomes, or the Logos was with God, 
and the Logos is God. And then we know later on that the Logos becomes flesh and dwells among us. So who are we talking about? I mean, this is true. It's the Godhead. It's real simple. Yeah, it's you not... know, it, It's the Godhead. And, and it's important to know that it, it wasn't the Pauline epistles, of course, that came alive. Correct. It was the Word. It was the Torah. Right. Came to life. You know, uh, I know um, it's been said that, um, I believe Rabbi Messer was saying that uh, Torah, you know, uh, is actually the mind of God. Interesting. And yeah. so when you say, well, the law's been done away with, then you're saying that God has lost his mind. Yeah. No, it's... You know, so if it is the mind of God and he doesn't change, we should probably look into uh, the, the first five books of the Bible in a new light. Well, so, yeah, I mean, that's important. The other low hanging fruit here is in the question itself you know, what did, what did God command Israel not to add? or to uh, add to or uh, take away from, and it's obviously the Word of God. And when we look at the state of religion today in the world, right, we're all, we're, we're trying to worship God in, a, in spirit and in truth, amen? Uh, but when we look at mainstream Judaism, we see that they've added to the Word of God through uh, additional texts and whatnot. And then we have over on the Christianity side, mainstream Christianity has taken away from saying, oh, the law is done away with, you know, quote unquote, so on and so forth. And that's a, a, a broad statement. There's a lot more to that. And I'm not making blanket statements over it. So please don't take that to the this bank. This is true. I mean, we want to concentrate on the text itself, the Torah itself, right? the literal rendition of the Torah, read it, understand it, walk it out with the spirit, you know, and that, and that's kind of like where we're at. Uh, both Ryan and I, to really promote the, the Torah portions. Amen. So what two things did Moses teach the people in Deuteronomy 4, verse 5? Uh, the statutes and the judgments. You know, a judgment is a, a, is rendering a final decision, Ryan. A judgment, you know, goes down uh, as an edict. It goes out as, you know, law. So yeah. it's interesting where it, the Bible talks about judgment begins with the house of God. Well, what is that a reference to? Well, we should know what is right and wrong before anybody else. You know, we think, oh, well, he's going to give us a whipping first. Then he's going to go whip somebody else, you know, and, and it's this judgment. But it's rendering a right decision. That is a judgment call. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we even see uh, where people would make a decision or they would make a judgment. And now they're trying to recant. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't have made that judgment. Yeah. Now that I look back on it, that was not a good judgment, meaning I didn't render a good decision. So that's why whenever you have to make a decision, you know, you got to think about the judgment. You know, you're rendering a decision. You know, you're, 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 you're holding, you know, a trial or a case when you have problems and situations. Even me as a pastor, when people come to me, I have to render a decision on behalf of them and the circumstance and situation. So sometimes I have to think it through. Sometimes it comes immediately. But once again, uh, a judgment is rendering a right decision. So, Do you mind if we read uh, verses 5 through 8? Yeah, go ahead. I want to read these because, you know, promoting the Torah is is the mission of this podcast, and these verses are, are, are really great in doing just that. It says, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whither ye go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely... This great nation is a wise and understanding people. I mean, what a better commercial there. And let's keep going seven and eight. Uh, For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? So basically, the thing that separates Israel 
from the rest of the nations is the fact that God gave them the gift of the Torah. And it's like, well, hang on, that's a light bulb for us as Christians to say, maybe we need to go back and look at this Torah thing and have a, a, a relook at it and make sure that we're looking at it from the correct perspective, that this is a gift from our Father, it's loving instructions from our Abba, and that we should not be doing this as do's and don'ts and have-tos and have-nots and thou shalt's and thou shalt-nots, that we should be doing this as uh, the way that we uh, express our love and worship for our Father. You know, Ryan, the beauty of all of this is that if most of Christianity or most evangelicals say, well, the law's been done away with blah, 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 that's understandable through ignorance. But the bottom line is that what the Father has created in the earth today is that now all of a sudden the Jewish people are contacting Beit Tehila because we have the Torah. Right. Because we believe it's relevant for today. So they're contacting us. They're they're really fascinated by that. So... I think it's a win-win when you think about it. And it's the old I mean, adage that... You know, it's a win-win. It is. It's thundering. It, it really is. And that. so, you know, I, I just want to say that, you know, here at Beit Tehila, we have a great vision, a great mission, and we are set on it. Amen. I believe uh, it was in the fall of 1999 we had our first uh, tour cycle beginning. So you're looking at 19 years of tour portions. And I'm telling you, it's getting better and better Absolutely. and better and yeah. better. And better. I mean, it's just coming alive, you know. So let's look at this question number six in Deuteronomy 4 9. How many generations were to be taught the Word of God? Uh, Two. So one generation is teaching the next two generations. Right. So it's three counting the parents. So that was kind of brought out uh, on Monday night. It's three counting the parents uh, because they have it. But once again, uh, two generations. So uh, what was Israel warned not to do when they entered the land in Deuteronomy 4, verses 15 through 19? They were warned not to commit idolatry. You know, we say, well, you know, I don't worship figurines. I don't have statues. I don't have little, you know, whatever it is. But... You know, I'll tell you, uh, I love what um, actually John Bevere was saying in regards to identifying or defining idolatry. It's whatever you give your strength to, wherever you get your strength from. Uh, You know, it's like anything else, you know. Uh, Would you rather do all these other things than spiritual exercises if you had a choice? You know, that that could be a form of idolatry. Uh, So once again, uh, he does not want them to commit idolatry. Uh, in Deuteronomy 4.24, I want you to go and read that verse, Ryan. Deuteronomy 4.24. It's a one-liner. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. He is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. You know, he wants you for himself. So I was sharing last night about crying out to the Father and speaking to him in my frustrations and in my desires. And it's really a great relationship because that's really what he wants. You know, how many people cried out to the Lord in the Bible? And you look at them like, I don't do that. Well, we should do that. (laughs) I mean, Jeremiah the prophet cries out to God. Moses cries out to God. We should literally cry out to our Father like he's in the same room. And we want to have a conversation with him. And just speak your peace. you got to vent, you know. Uh, It's interesting. Uh, there's a ministry that you can go to, and they have this barrel that you can scream into as loud as you can. And, <laughs> and I tell you, you know, there's just something about that, you know, scream therapy or so I don't know, but but there's this, this release because you're so pent up, you're so bottled up, you know, that you can't release anything. 
But uh, the Father, He desires us. You know, He's not angry at us anymore. We're we're no longer in exile. We're just we're just scattered. But we have this buffet of the Father and the Spirit and His Word every day oh, yeah. to be filled up. So, what two witnesses would God use if His people did evil in Deuteronomy four twenty six? He would use heaven and earth. And I think that you know, over the next couple of questions, it's going to address twenty six through thirty one. Do you want to just read twenty six through thirty one? Well. Yeah, let's do that. All right, let's, let's do it. Let's just do that. And, right. and of course, we know that... Uh, I'll just do this one. What was the Lord going to do to his people if they were evil? Deuteronomy 4.27. He was going to scatter, scatter them. them. Go ahead and read those verses. All right, those are good. Let's do it. So it says, uh, starting at verse 26, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day, that ye shall soon utterly perish from off the land whereunto ye go over Jordan to possess it. Ye shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and ye shall be left in left few in number among the heathen, whither the Lord shall lead you. And there ye shall serve gods and work of uh, and work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shalt be obedient unto his voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he sware unto them. Wow, go ahead and read Deuteronomy 4.30. 430 again, that's when thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shalt be obedient unto his voice. I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but that's incredible. Listen to what he's saying there. Even in the latter days, the Torah is speaking of what? The future. Yes. It's speaking of the future. And this word latter days is acharit. Number 319 of the Strong's Concordance, it's the Hebrew word akharit. It means the last or end, hence the future. Also, posterity. Dealing with people, posterity. The latter days. I want to remind everyone that I'm going to read Genesis 49.1 because, oh, look what Jacob says here. And Genesis 49.1. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Ryan, the Bible's telling us the tribes are coming back together. These are prophecies, Ryan. And you know what? I'm going to go there. Thank you. I'm going to go there right now on a limb. Listen, do you really believe that the whole house of Israel is made up of nothing but Jews? Come on, people. Really think about this. Think about the story of Ruth clinging to Naomi. Think about Rahab, the harlot who was absorbed in, into the commonwealth. Think of about Israel. the mixed multitude coming think out about of Egypt. The, the people, yeah, think about the people that serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in, in covenant with him. I'm telling all of you this because you know what? Right out of the nations, right now, people are coming out of the nations because he is writing Torah on minds and hearts. Jeremiah 31, Hebrews 8, after those days, I will write my Torah on minds and hearts. And Ryan, that's why we're here. Galatians 3.29, those who are in Christ are the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. I mean, and, and, so, and so Jacob is saying that in the last days, the tribes are going to come back together. It's a tribal thing. I mean, think about it. 
And that's that to me, that's just amazing. So there it but is. But the house of Israel is the not prophecies. part of the tribes. But, but Ryan, here's the thing, though. <laughs> Even among the evangelicals or our pastor friends or whatever, the, the, the people we run into, we have to share these prophecies with yeah. them. There are prophecies, and we're fulfilling them. That's right. We're a part of it. You know, the Jews are not going to be alone. We're going to come alongside the Jewish people, and we're going to kick butt and take names. Well, you can choose to sit on the sidelines, but I'm going to choose to be in the game. Well, and going back to, to Deuteronomy 4.31. So what three things was God going to do for his people if they were obedient to his voice? So that's uh, verse 31, and it's not forsake them, not destroy them, and not forget the covenant of the Father. So that's the promise, right? That, that from 30, ooh, that was a big lightning strike and some thunder there. So it says, when thou art in tribulation and all these things come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to thy, the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto his voice, right? For the Lord thy God is a merciful God, then he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swear unto them. So, I mean, g- great promises, but it's one of those ones where we always read verse 31 and somehow we forget 30. You know, you know Ryan, here, here's the thing. Yeah. Think about the words that we are speaking. We need to ask for forgiveness for oh, yeah. the words that we have spoken that are not of God. Negative connotations. I do. Whatever. I, I mean, but, but, but here's the thing, though, Ryan. How many people are speaking on behalf of God and not really hearing his, and being obedient to his true voice? Yeah. You know, just like I believe that we are to love the Jewish people and come alongside them and bless them and build a relationship with them. Why? Because I believe it's the will of God. And I say that out on a limb. I believe that is the will of God. And for someone to say... You should not do that. That's not God's will. I don't know a voice you're listening to, but the Bible says, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. And, and, and we have to understand that God, God chose the Jewish people. It says they were chosen. But in Exodus 19, in, in reference to, of course, hearing his voice and keeping his covenant, it says right here uh, in Exodus 19, 5, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine. Verse 6, And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Now this is referenced in 1 Peter 2, verses 5 and 9, Ryan. Yeah. Peter writes about this. What do the priests have? We're called to be a nation. Of, we're, we're called to be priests. We're called to share the Torah with the nations. I mean, think about this. And but, these are the and, examples. And remember this. So you mentioned First Peter, but the first verse in First Peter is, is it's an important question. Who is it written to? And here's who it's written to. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. The point is, we, because of Yeshua, because of what he did, not because of what we have done, are grafted in. That's right. Ephesians 2, Commonwealth of Israel. Once we are far away, Christ has brought us near. Everything's right there, folks. The church has been grafted into the olive tree. But now that we're part of Israel, we need to act like it and be mature That's right. and start pulling our weight. This is not replacement theology, Amen. people. This is about participation. Let's be a part. This is about coming alongside the Jewish people and helping them and loving them. Amen. So let's move on here. Who did God want his people to drive out of the land in Deuteronomy 4.38? Drive them out. I was told that I'm not allowed to do any Conan voices today. So in, in lieu of my Conan voice, I'm just going to say the nations. This is true. But Conan could have made an appearance, but that's all right. We're going to move on. 
question number 14 in the Torah questionnaire. Here we go. Deuteronomy 4.43. What were the names of the three cities of refuge on the east side of the Jordan River? Once again, three cities of refuge. All right. It's going to be Bezer in the wilderness in the plain country of the Reubenites, uh, Ramoth, which is in Gilead of the Gadites, and Golan in Bashan of the Manassites. So three on the east side of the of the Jordan, and there's going to be three on the west side of the Jordan River. Uh, question number 15, what two kings lost their land to the children of Israel? Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 46 and 47. Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan. All right, we're moving along now. So once again, uh, two people defeated on the east side of the Jordan there, right above Edom, Moab, and Ammon which are family members, move up to the north, and that's where we get the half-tribe of Manasseh's land, uh, the Reubenites, the Reuben, tribe of Reuben and everything. Uh, now we're going to get into uh, chapter 5, verses 1 through 21. Uh, Ryan's going to share about the Ten Commandments now. We have the Ten Commandments found in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 1 through 21. All right, so uh, number one, no other gods. Number two, don't make graven images. Number three, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Number four, keep the Sabbath. Number five, honor your father and mother. Number six, do not kill slash murder. Number seven, do not kill or commit adultery. Number eight, do not steal. Number nine, do not bear false witness. And number 10, do not covet. Simple, simple commandments right there. And notice the first four are for God. The next six are for man. You know, I believe we've lost a lot of respect and value of the homo sapien race, you know, the human being, you know. Yeah. Everyone deserves respect. Amen. I mean, really, really and truly. So once again, the first four commandments are for God. The next six, six, of course, is the number for man. Uh, But there we have it. We have those six, and it's very important that we understand that. Uh, And once again, the keep the Sabbath is commandment number four. And there's an interesting phenomenon happening in the Christian world that you can just pick your Sabbath. Uh, I beg to differ. Uh, you don't pick the Sabbath. The Sabbath picks you. Come you, on, You somebody. could do like Tuesday from 1139 to no, no, Wednesday it's not at 11. Why don't no? you just call that a day off or a day of rest or whatever you want to do? But I'm sorry, but the Father has declared the Shabbat. Six See, days I was going to split mine between like three day, different Friday days. Night Saturday night. I was going to do like six hours a day for three different days. Can I do that? It's not going to work. Don't call oh. it Sabbath. Just oh. call it something else. Oh. So think about it, everyone. Uh, of Fun course, me. honor your father and mother. That's the only... Uh, commandment with a promise that you may live long in the land, right? Because you know what mama says, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. I can take you out. (laughs) So here we have uh, the 10 commandments. Incredible, credible things happening here. Uh, Question number 17, uh, Deuteronomy chapter five, verses 22 through 27. Who went near God to bring back the words to the people? Moses. He's like the best man at the wedding. You know, that's exactly what it is. He's like the best man at the wedding. Uh, and, you know, uh, the children of Israel, you know, they're funny people, you know. Hey, Moses, you go up on the mountain, you get the word, and, and you come back and you tell us, you know. Yeah. A lot of times that's what people do for, to me, you know. Well, Pastor Nick, you go to God, you get the message, you bring it to me, which is fine in the direction that we need to go and, and, and move forward. But we should all approach the mountain and hear from God. Amen. So uh, question number 18, Deuteronomy 527. This is so important, everyone. Did the people agree to do all the words contained within the Mosaic Covenant? Yes, they did. You know, it's interesting. If we're all going to the same mountain, we might get the same word. You know, this is true. (laughs) I'm just saying. You know, what do they say? Are we all on the same page? (laughs) This is what I love about the Torah portions, Ryan. 
This is what I love about the Torah portions. Let's go ahead and read uh, Deuteronomy 5.29. Very powerful verse here. Oh, yeah, definitely. So uh, 5.29, it says, Oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Man, it's for our children. It says in Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 3, Ryan, you know, moving ahead here, but it says you will return, you and your children. Well, and so many people are frustrated with how things are going with their children. And it's like, you know, I think everybody has, you know, little things here that they'd like to change. But I, right. I think that one of the fundamental things that God is saying is that if you stick with his word and you teach it to His ch- your children, your children will have a good and long life. And so you do it for them, Absolutely. not to them. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Here we have the Shema. Oh, this is pretty powerful. Let's look at... Uh, Do you think we should l- sing the Shema? I think you should read it. Okay, whatever. Yes. All right. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And of course, we know this is actually even quoted uh, in the Gospel of Mark. Yeah, in Mark 12, 29 through 31. And it's a really cool story because when uh, Yeshua is asked, what is the greatest of the commandments? He quotes Deuteronomy 6, 4. He says, the Shema. But you're to love your neighbor as what though, Ryan? And that's Leviticus 19. As yourself. As yourself, yeah. You know, some, some of you don't love yourself. God doesn't make junk. That's right. You're very, very valuable. All right, let's move on here. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Was there a time when you did not have to talk about the Word of God? Mm, no. I mean, it was like when you stand, when you sit, when you lay down, when you rise, when you go on the way, when you walk. I, I mean, mean like, what a stimulating conversation all to the talk time. about the things of God. You Amen. Know? I know I made reference to this more than once that in one of Paul's letters, I believe, to Timothy, he says, don't argue over the Torah. Don't debate about it. Talk it over. Reason. Look at it. You know? Yeah. Amen. But we don't argue over the Torah. So once again, some awesome things to discover. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 8, what two places was the word to go on the body? On the hand and between the eyes. So that's the tefillin and the phylacteries. Are you familiar with that, Ryan? Yeah, absolutely. The tefillin and the phylacteries, uh, and that's where they place it on the arm and on the head. Which there's uh, some very interesting things. My wife's been doing some stuff with homeschooling with um, with the kids, and there's some very interesting things, parallels to Yeshua and how it points to, to Yeshua and all that with the tefillin and phylacteries. I think even... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, even in the shrine of the book in Israel, where they have the, uh, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls and different these fragments of that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they have some very old uh, tefillin and phylacteries. I don't know how many years old, but it's quite old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, time of the Essenes, if I'm not mistaken. So, wow. Uh, name two other places the word is to go. Deuteronomy six nine. Uh, the posts of the house and on the gates. So this is where you get your mezuzah. That's right. So okay. I mean, and, and that's you know what I love the mezuzah so much, and the reason I love the mezuzah is because it's such a simple way to take God's word and be obedient. He yeah, says, "It's literal. Write it on the doorpost of your house and put it in your gate." Where do I personally in my home have mezuzahs on the doorpost of my house and on the well, gate it, when it, you it, enter it's my? It's a land. remembrance. It's just like if you wear zitzit, you look at them, you remember God, you remember His commandments. It's for you. The mezuzah is for you. As you look at the doorpost, you're like going in and out of your home. Remember the word. So, question number 24 in Deuteronomy 6.19. What did the Lord want his people to do to the enemies in the land? He wanted them to cast them out. Cast them out. 
And that was my non-Conan voice again. Cast them out. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verses 20 through 25. Uh, were the children of Israel to know why they keep the testimonies, statutes, and judgments of the Lord. Absolutely. God wanted them to know why. They should know. It's like even at Beit Tehillah, you know, uh, if you have a question, why do you do this and why do you do that? We will give you an explanation. Well, and, we really and really will. it's 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 the salvation experience. This is a an opportunity for when the children say, why do we do these things? Uh, that we can say, I was once in Egypt, and and God saved me and brought me out. You know, I and mean, it's what the Father's asking you. Amen. You know, it's it's funny how I tell my children to do things. You know, if I said, Hey, you know, I uh, I uh, have a situation where you know, hey, I should take the trash out, and you're over there sweeping. Well, sweeping's good. It is. But I've asked you to take the trash out. It is. And so that's what we do with God. Mm. But God, I'm doing this. And I'm doing that. And it reminds me of the New Testament verse, well, depart from me, I never knew you. Ooh. But I did all these things in your name. Yeah. I mean, I cast out devils, Ooh. healed the sick in your name, and, and you don't know me? Mm. It's because you're a renegade. You did it your way. Yeah. His name is powerful. How many things were done in the name of Jesus? The Crusades were done in the name of Jesus. The Holocaust was done in the name of Jesus. You know, I mean, uh, you know, think about it. So how many nations were in the land Israel would have to cast out? Deuteronomy 7.1. In the ones listed in 7.1, there were seven. Okay, seven. Seven nations, seven different ethnic groups that would uh, have to be uh, cast out because they are not, of course, kosher. Which is all um, the ites. Well, know? the Canaanites, you know, they were, they were, they were pagan. You know, they, they offer up their children in, to Moloch and uh, in fire and stuff. I mean, these are, not, these are not good things, folks. This is not a good uh, assimilation process here. Uh, question number 27. What was Israel not to make with the enemies of the land? Deuteronomy 7.2. Uh, he was not to make a covenant with the enemies of the land. You know, they just had this anniversary over the Oslo Accords. <laughs> they did not work. No, they did not. They did not work. You know, stop and think about this, people. Uh, land for peace is not working. Um, I wonder why. They gave up Gaza, and now you have 100 rockets being fired in the land of Israel within 24 hours. Uh, that doesn't seem like it's working. It's like they're a thorn in their side. I huh. mean, and that's true. I mean, just think about it, everyone. Just think about it. Do you think God sits there and says, I told you so, or do you think he's just merciful and, this, and I'm the only and, one And, and who does that? the land belong to? It belongs to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. You're not right. to make a covenant with the enemies of the land. Amen. Uh, let's look at Deuteronomy 7, 6, Ryan, if you could read that. This is just like uh, the verse found in Exodus 19, 5. Go ahead and read that. Yeah, this uh, is another, another 7, very quotable verse, Deuteronomy 7, 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Amen. You know, we, we did a prophet study at Beit Tehila. We studied the prophets that it takes 18 months to do a Monday night prophet study to get through the minor major prophets. It's amazing. So literally we took three years, Ryan, on Monday nights and did two prophet cycles. And what do the prophets do? They bring conviction. But why were the prophets sent? Because the king was bad and the priesthood was bad. God had to send the prophet. That's right. You know, just like at the time of, of Yeshua the first time, you know, the priesthood was bad. King Herod was bad. The yeah. Roman government was bad. He had to raise up John the Baptist. He had to preach outside the temple. Repentance, teshuvah, which yeah. is what we're going to be going into. And so, you know, here we have this, this playing out, Ryan. And, and once again, he only sends the prophet if the priesthood is bad and the king is bad. 
And, and so it's interesting to me that if you study the prophets, the two things that they charge against Israel are the same things they should have kept, his mm. voice and his covenant. Yes. See, there's so many voices out there, Ryan. We, we even have our own voice. When we get alone with God and we're still, my voice sometimes still gets in the way. Oof, tell it's me about screaming. It. it wants to be heard. And I'm like, wait a minute. Everybody's out of the room but my voice. Like a toddler. I have to quiet my voice inside and say, listen to the voice of God. And that's why I love prayer at Big Tehila on Mondays. Because it takes about 30 minutes to get in that zone, to get in that that place with the to lead on and face forward and close my eyes and not look around and get my voice quiet and then just listen. Listen to what God is trying to speak to me. Listen to what God is trying to say to you. In closing here, Deuteronomy 7, 9, how many generations would the Lord show mercy to those who kept his covenant? That's right. So it's a thousand generations. And I think I'm just going to read the last few verses here. It says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. The faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations, and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt, therefore, keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. If it's a thousand generations... And in one generation is 60 years, 40 years, 10 years, what, I mean, whatever you want to say. If it's just 10 years in a generation, that's 10,000 years. If it's 20 years in a generation, that's 20. It has not been 20,000 years. No, N- not even close. I'm going to give me some of that mercy. Yeah, tell me about it. And so, I mean, all we can do is say, you know what? If I can do it, if I can be faithful, then I can bless my posterity. I can bless the future generations of my family, the ones that I'm responsible for. For a thousand generations. Just think of the impact that you can have. I mean, that's an incredible impact. Praise God. And so thanks for listening, guys. I mean, what an awesome tour portion this has been. I mean, I am I am just over the moon about uh, this tour portion uh, with the Shema in there. Uh, I mean, what an important uh, ideal that, it, that is. I mean, just so much to it. I encourage you guys to look into it. The Ten Commandments are in here. Uh, commandments about going into the land. The tefillin and phylacteries are in here. I mean, just, uh, I mean, this is loaded. So I, enc- I encourage you, go read this Torah portion for yourself. It is a blessing to read the Torah portion. And so if you guys uh, want to reach out to us, you can um, reach out to us uh, by email, ryan at twopraise.net. Uh, this weekend at 11 o'clock, we are having a Teshuvah pep rally. Teshuvah is coming up in a couple weeks, and we want to make sure that we are, are mentally prepared and ready to go for Teshuvah. So if you are local, please come 1705 Lithia Pinecrest Road, Brandon, Florida. If you are not local, you know, please check us out online at topraise.net. Watch live. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun uh, with our pep rally for Teshuvah. And you're going to get to understand what does it mean to return to, to God and whatnot. So uh, you guys have uh, uh, a blessed and awesome week. Praise God.